0: The
1: Fantasy Six Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob and A.J. Appleton. Let's go!
2: Right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, my co-host, AJ Apigartha. What is that, man?
0: What's happening? What's happening? Glad it's Thursday. Glad this week is almost over. Glad <laughs> we're here to talk football. We've got some killer guests tonight, so looking forward to
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we are talking some tight ends. Uh, we've done Real. our quarterbacks running backs and receivers debate tonight. We're doing tight ends to so finish it out. Um, of course, can't continue without asking you all to hit that subscribe button. Hit those like buttons, leave those comments and uh, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, we appreciate it. And of course, jump over to fantasy six pack. Dot net slash plans and become an all access member where you will get access to our award winning rankings, our discord channel, where you're going to get access to all of us here at fantasy six packing, ask us all of your custom league questions. You get access to our projections, our draft cheat sheet, our DFS embedding advice during the season, and a whole lot more. Uh, it's well worth it. Uh, you can use promo code F six P NFL for 15% off. And guys, if. If you are looking for a new place to run your league, or you're just looking for uh, a place to host your league, I suggest Fantrax. Look, there, there. You know, you can you can go with the out of the box. You know, at a lot of these other sites, and uh, you know, still fun, still fantasy football. I get it. But if you want a little more customization, and by the way, free customization, Fantrax is where it's at. Uh, We we know other sites that have a lot of customization and not so free. So Fantrax gives you all of that and then some. Go over to Fantrax.com slash fantasy six pack to create your free account today and uh, it will be well worth it. Um, So without further ado, let's bring on our guests. Um, Bring in Mr. Troy King and Andrew Cooper. Uh, How's it going, guys?
3: It's going great, man! Excited to be back on the show, rocking with y'all again. And my boy Coop, really excited to talk about tight ends. Like Coop, apparently is the tight end guru, so you know <laughs> I, I actually had to do some homework and you know take notes for this show. But now I'm ready. I'm excited to I'll, hang I'll, out with
1: y'all. I'll tell you what, though, you know I, this is my first time on this show. I've been on with Joe and and AJ before. Troy, we've never done a full show together, but I do want to say this. I distinctly remember a moment where. You made a call. It was uh, Cowboys. It was Dalton Schultz versus Blake Jarwin. You were Team Schultz. I was on side Jarwin, and Ooh. you got the best of me on that one. So I don't know who don't who know. is the real tight end whisperer, Troy. Yeah. Who right.
3: is? Look, a broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day. You know what I'm saying. So, but no, you right. that was a good call. And then we, call, we happen to be talking about Dalton Schultz' latest. So I'll save my take for later.
2: Yeah, Please. we we got a we got a, we got a great show. Glad to have you both here. Um, of course, uh, Andrew, you are, uh, a lead NFL fantasy football analyst for fantasy alarm, Troy, you are a NFL fantasy football content creator for football guys. And I mean, you, you guys are both all over the place, but, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the, the top top there. Um, so great to have you guys here. It's going to be awesome. Looking to have a little battle here with some, with some tight end debates and so how this works for those who have not listened and for you guys who, for you and Troy or for Andrew and Troy who have not done this yet, what we're going to do is we're going to lay out two, maybe three tight ends at a time to you. We're going to give you their overall ADP and their tight end ADP and let you choose who you would rather have without everything being considered ADP, uh, team composition, you know, that being said. And so we're going to start right off the bat here with TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle. Hawkinson is at overall 45 and a half tight end three. George Kittle is 51 overall tight end four. You know, look, I mean, Kittle has been a beast, right? Right. Uh, a tight top three tight end option many, many years has some injury, has obviously has some injury concerns. Um, yeah, big yard after the reception, got a guy, you know, physical player. Then there, you know, then there's Hawkinson who has, you know, moved teams in the middle, middle of the season last year, thrived in my opinion, like was, was great for Minnesota. Um, but, you know they're bringing in a new younger receiver there so there's a little bit of concern on on both sides but also like both these guys are very talented who would you rather have you know they're both going right around the same range so like i don't think adp is a big factor here but um andrew what do you, what do you got
1: now t- to be honest here if you were to take these two guys and switch them and you were to put kittle on the vikings and hawkinson on the 49ers i would like kittle better i think Kittle's the better talent in a vacuum. But the problem we run into here is that for this particular position, unlike wide receiver, situation and opportunity is so crucial, right? So Mm -hmm. when I look at the 49ers, last year when everyone was healthy, and this includes McCaffrey, McCaffrey, Debo, Iuke, and Kittle, Kittle was the fourth target on that team. He was kind of being kept afloat by touchdowns, which is a dangerous game. Hawkinson has a path to being a top two target on the team. Last year, I mean, he just immediately leapfrog Thielen the moment he showed up, right? Uh, and Addison's a rookie. So if you truly love Addison and believe in Addison, then maybe take George Kittle. But Hawkinson's got the better quarterback. He's got the better path to targets. I, I can't take Kittle over Hawkinson. And honestly, I find myself having a hard time taking Kittle at where he goes because of everything involved there.
3: Troy? <sighs> I really wanted to disagree with Coop but i got it <laughs> but I have, be to agree. Be I have to agree i have to agree with him so just like for all the reasons that cooper already said man so like george kittle he was second in touchdowns among tight ends last year again which kept him afloat but tj hawkinson we know we switched teams but he was second in targets second in routes run second in reception second in receiving yards it's just too obvious of a choice for me and yet jordan addison like Coop said he's a rookie He's going to get playing time. He's going to eventually, I think, become one of Cousins' favorite targets, but TJ Hawkinson isn't going anywhere. I think he's going to be very involved in the offense. We know it's a much heavier passing offense compared to San Francisco, where, you know, obviously they're trying to run the ball more. So I think just for all those reasons, I'm going to go Hawk as well.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And what's up, Toronto, Dave? uh, Glad to have you here. Uh, Yeah, I, I I'm definitely Hawk over Kittle. I like, I took Kittle in my Scott fish. He, he sort of fell a little bit and at that point. It was kind of like, yeah, why not? But he was like almost around behind Hawk, even in a, even in a tight end premium league. And it was like, well, all right, that, that does feel stupid. Um, but <laughs> Hawk is, you know, getting, as you guys said, does all, all the does much more volume. He's a much safer player. And, you know, I'm actually kind of surprised that their ADPs are this close. I, I really did think when I was, you know, when we did the research that it was going to be a lot closer. And, and so, um, yeah, I'm definitely team Hawk here.
0: Yeah, I concur. I'll leave it at that. Uh, not really much <laughs> else to say. So <laughs> the uh, the next batch that we have here, uh, we're going with a, with a triple decker of Kyle Pitts at 57.4 ADP tight end five. Dallas Goddard, tight end six at sixty five point four, and then Darren Waller coming in at seventy even tight end seven. So, of this trio, Goddard's been the uh, the most consistent the past couple of years, um, but he's he's also got two clear top target guys ahead of him uh, up in Philly between AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Pitts is coming off an injury; uh, he's still got a green quarterback uh, in Ritter and Waller could be the team leader in targets in New York. Um, so kind of got a big spectrum here and, uh, you know, based on this ADP matchup with the other two guys, he's kind of a bargain, um, you know, comparatively. So who do you guys think emerges from this group as that dude for 2023? Troy, we'll start with you. (sighs)
3: <sighs> this is a tough one <laughs> I think I think we am gonna go Darren Waller I think that I think I'm gonna go Darren Waller just because you know Dallas Goddard last year he was he was 15th in targets so it was like we were talking about Devonta Smith AJ Brown they were the leaders on the Eagles Kyle Pitts with that offense he was first in deep targets second in target share so like you can see the breakout. Like He could possibly break out, but the way that offense is is just too run heavy. i just not a huge fan of Ritter. I need him to prove it. I think that Darren Waller, like you guys said, he could lead his team in targets as long as he stays healthy. He's going to be a focal point of that offense. And also look at the receivers. There's, it's It doesn't really have much competition. So out of these guys, I'm going to go Waller.
1: Dude, I really thought that the- – I didn't think you were gonna pick my guy, man. But I'm Waller too. <laughs> I actually have Waller. This is where this is where maybe you guys might disagree, but I actually have Waller at tight end three. I Ooh, wow, man, spicy, boy. spicy. Okay. Well, the thing is, I, I because, like of the, because of the because what I do for work, like contractually obligated to find breakout tight ends, like I have no problem taking risks and going for the high upside. Because again, like if I'm gonna draft one, I'm going high upside because I spend all this time. Trying to find breakouts. Like I personally usually don't draft him anyway because I have to do the yin-yang tight end stuff and all, all that I write about. Mm-hmm. So uh but Waller, I mean, you look at it, this guy, everything that we loved about him back in the days when Antonio Brown brought a fake helmet to practice and got kicked off the team, right? Like everything we loved is kind of back. Uh that all got taken away with Devontae Adams and all this. Now he's the top dog. Wondell Robinson coming off a knee injury. Uh, you know, you pointed you Troy already pointed out the reasons we like him there. Uh, with uh, Kyle Pitts, we love him in theory, right? Like every match, it's it's impossible mm-hmm. to argue against him when you look yeah. at the fact that his dot is like the second best of any tight end. His air yard share is number one. His, uh, his uh, target share is two, but you have to make the argument that they're going to throw more. I don't think Arthur Smith wants to do that. And then Dallas Goddard, this is the take that people hate, is that I equate him to essentially what we call a handcuff plus for running backs where he has standalone value, and he really has upside if somebody gets hurt. Now, the beauty for Goddard is it's kind of like a double handcuff where if either wide receiver gets hurt, now he jumps. But when yeah. both those guys were healthy, it was eight targets a game for A.J. Brown, 7.7 7 for uh, Devonta Smith, and 5.6 for Goddard, which is fine. You can start that, but for him to truly be unleashed, you need the injury. Whereas, as Troy pointed out, Waller from the rip could be right back to getting 10 targets a game and being the premier end zone target. And last year quietly, even though he got hurt, Waller's, you know, he had like 0. 0.6 end zone targets per game, second only to Kittle. So, he still got it. He still got a little bit. I, yeah. I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, and to uh, and, totally, and to sorry.
3: jump in here, so sorry real quick. To kind of huh? like what you mentioned about the touchdown thing. God, it was like twentieth in touchdowns for tight ends. Like he just wasn't scoring either. Yeah, so it's yeah. just there's so many reasons to fade him. Unfortunately,
1: the, the, the end zone touchdowns. Like you, you would love to have a, uh, a a Jared Goff who wouldn't dare take off and run. You know what I mean? But versus because like those short range, it, the you know, you know the five yard touchdown passes the the tight end spot. But if if uh, Jalen Hurts is just going to take it himself or do three cube three of those power QB sneaks in a row and score. Then it takes that away from us, you know. We kind of need those.
0: Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, I mean, and looking at Waller, I, I I like Waller a lot too. On this, um, obviously, as an Eagles fan, I'm, I lean towards Goddard, but I, I like having equal shares of him and Waller. Like those are honestly my two top targets that I'm looking for. If I don't have a chance like to have a Hawk or you know an uh, Andrews. Or randomly, a Kelsey fall to me. Um, you know, Waller. Looking at his his two breakout seasons, really in in nineteen and twenty, he was awesome. He was so good those years. You know, nearly twelve hundred yards, um, one hundred and seven receptions. That's just not something you see. I mean, his touchdowns that year were also astronomical compared to his career numbers. Um, you know, having nine, so. That you don't necessarily expect, but in this New York offense, maybe you can. Um, you know, Darius Slayton, they,
2: they've got like 18 slot receivers to? and Darren Waller, <laughs> so, so there we go. I mean, they, yeah. they signed one last week, so yeah, and now cool. there's,
1: another uh, one. I can't believe of all the teams to sign another one, another Cole one. Beasley. Cole Beasley. They actually. already had like, Campbell, is, he's still like. I quietly kind of like yeah, to okay. Am I the only person? On our
2: Discord, man, we were like, we were just completely making fun of the Giants because they designed Cole Blaisey. And of course, the co owner of Fantasy Six Pack is a Giants fan. So it was just perfect. <laughs> and oh, me and AJ are, you know, other NFC East team fans. So it was just awesome to that's,
0: chat there. It's also um, a perfect time for me to throw in my weekly hashtag SuckItKeith uh, <laughs> brought to you by me uh, and Fantasy Six Pack.
2: Oh, we we have that banner somewhere, don't we? I, I told him. Yeah, there know, we go. Here we go. Boom. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we we did not get rid of it. I love it. Um, uh, we will
0: never get rid of it. No,
2: I I told I told, him, I told the plane he's not, playing, not allowed if to delete it. To
0: get rid of it, we will bring it back. <laughs> Bigger, stronger, louder. Okay. Look,
2: I, I so to finish this up real quick, I I'm actually a Goddard fan. Um, I still think he's. I mean, just straight up a better offense. I'm not really sure the Giants can repeat what they did last year. I just really don't. And I know Waller is probably going to be the alpha receiver there, so maybe it works out for him. But I just worry with that offense in general, like repeating the kind of unexpected performance they had last year with, let's be real, pretty lack of weapons there outside of Saquon. And, Maybe now Waller. I mean, as we just said, it's a bunch of slot receivers, and so yeah, it could work for in Waller's favor, but it could also mean that he just like they just take him away and just let these other like slot guys try to beat him again. And good luck. I don't know if it's gonna work. And I, I still don't trust Daniel Jones. He, I just, I just don't. Sorry, I just don't. Um, and Kyle Pitts, you gotta show me something before you before I trust you again, man. I am not even close to drafting you a tight end five. No way. Um, I I get it. It not happening this year. So moving on here. Next group, Daniel Jones.
1: I just got to say that I have been such a Daniel Jones detractor that I've just, I really haven't been a huge fan. But and, and you know he did get paid after only throwing 15 touchdown passes. But I believe in Brian Dable, and I believe like you have, you almost have to take that leap of faith that they know what they're doing. But Joe, you absolutely good point that there's a real possibility that maybe this guy isn't that good. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's entirely I mean, possible. Which yeah. that's a scary part. There, I mean, but yeah. if he he wouldn't be going tight end seven if there was no scary scary parts. You know. Yeah,
2: and that's true. Um. So next grouping that we've got here is sorry, I'm trying to multitask here. I'm not used to doing this. Evan Ingram at tight end eight, 89.7 overall. Pat Fryermuth tight end nine ninety two point seven overall, and David Njoku tight end ten. 95 and a half overall. Um, You know, all of these, all three of these guys going within, you know, six, seven picks of each other. This is the grouping here that I kind of find myself being gravitated toward in drafts. Um, Personally, like as much as I love Kelsey, I don't see myself taking him in round one. I got burned by that a couple of years ago and it didn't work um he still had a great season but it wasn't around one season uh andrews ha ah, Kittle, all these guys there's other players in that spot of the draft that i'm going i'd much rather have better receivers better running backs this is how i've played forever and don't see myself going away from that very often this range though these guys are all viable guys um Ingram, you know, is is sort of a in my opinion, last year I kind of had a re breakout, <laughs> if you want to call it. Um, you know, now of course they're gonna get Ridley back in that offense, but you have to assume that this offense is just gonna get even better, right? And in, in my opinion. And maybe Ridley there opens up more for Ingram. Um Friarmouth, you have to hope that second year quarterback Kenny Pickett takes a step forward and you know he can he can take a leap you know forward as well i like fryer moose the talent there is great it seems like the perfect like the quintessential tight end right he just feels like that guy i mean nickname name is Mooth, right i mean like when you when you get those like moves from the that's like tight end chant from the crowd that's it david njoku guy who's been kind of up and down you know in times of in his career Gonna have Watson. Hopefully, he remembers how to play quarterback again. Uh, he could be Absolutely. huge at tight end ten and that deep in the draft. Who do you guys like? And Andrew, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, every, you th- Pat Fryermuth is such a Steelers name, right? Like, like, it's such a coal <laughs> miner name, right? So, I, I it is the right fit there. I uh, so I will say this: uh, it's very rare for so every uh, tight end going back to two thousand three, uh, Randy McMichael uh troy nice uh yeah nice he pull. was the last Ow. he was the last tight end in ppr to have uh to finish top five without either 90 targets or 10 plus touchdowns and the touchdowns are hard to come by very rare for, for guys to not get 90 targets and get 10 touchdowns Kittle last year is one of the examples there's only say, been like just did it. there's been about 10 examples though over that span which is almost 20 years uh so the 90 targets what we want and if you really think about it very rarely do we have three guys on the same team get 100 targets. Last year, only one team did it, the Vikings, and they wouldn't have done it if they didn't trade for Hawk and kind of mess with it a little bit. The year before that, no team did it. So when I'm looking, and, and you really need high volume to get there. So when I look at Pat Frymuth, I personally, I Deontay Johnson, three years in a row, 140 plus targets, you got to ask yourself, it's Pickens versus Muth, and can Kenny Pickett even support two guys, right? Same thing with Evan Ingram. Like my Twitter followers, there, I've been an Evan Ingram fan forever. And my Twitter followers, you know, that Troy and my Twitter followers, they can't wrap their head around the fact that I I'm out on Ingram this year for the same reason where it's like, I love the talent, but with Ridley and Kirk and Zay Jones, man, you, you got to make a bet. And I would rather bet David and Joku versus Elijah Moore and Donovan people's Jones than I would, um, that I would on any of the other guys. So, Honestly, I I don't find myself taking too much of these guys. And if you, my advice to people out there is, if you do like these guys, like Joe, you make a good point about these guys being relatively safe. Like Evan Engram, you at least know if you start him week one or two, he's not going to get zero targets, which is in the range of outcomes for a lot of these guys. Dalton Kincaid could be zero. Cole Kmet started the season last year with back to back zeros. So my advice like is, if them. you do like these guys and you want to take them, just use one bench spot on the highest risk, highest reward player you possibly can uh we call yin yang tight end in the series that I do but it's like if you wait and take tight end 10 9 David Njoku then you 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 that means you use your first nine picks on running backs and wide receivers you can afford to use one bench spot on just the highest possible highest reward guy so Don't that's my way with there. like
2: quarterbacks like if you take the super back end quarterback you might want to take a little risk on on one of those yeah. like you know you know dart throw quarterbacks that could like propel themselves we see it every year Right. I say
1: it all the time, man. Where it's like, how how did you get? How did you actually get Pat Patrick Mahomes? Maybe there were some sickos that just said, "I'm taking QB 15 and I'm starting Week One." But the reality is, there were only two ways: you took two quarterbacks, or you rushed the waiver wire and you got them. Yeah. Right? So same thing with Mark Andrews, Darren Waller. He was like 10 and 17. Like you weren't starting in Week One. You either took two or you got lucky on the wire. So I say beat the wire. But to answer your question in a very roundabout way. My choice is David and joku of those things.
3: Thank you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> Look, I, I I love the speech, man. I, I so let me. I'm, I'm gonna give my little own speech before I give my answer. So let me talk about Evan Ingram because I know that's Coop's guy, and that's the guy that I'm. Mostly out. On I want to say out because that sounds strong. I was so I was
1: hoping you gonna be in because I was I would have so quickly. No. If anyone makes any argument for Ingram, I'm like yeah.
3: Because because the thing I'm about in. it, is, right? It's so like Ingram <laughs> last year, third in receptions, and the, the thing that stands out to me that I don't think is going to happen this year is that he was first in slot snaps last year. But what's going to happen with Ridley is that Kirk is now going to probably take a lot of the slot snaps, and you're going to be putting ingram somewhere else so he's not going to get those same looks i mean again the coverage for like kirk and ridley might help ingram but I, and obviously he got that big contract but to me it's going to be a prolific offense but ridley's going to command so much of the target share it's not going to look the same and Yeah, he's a fine pick but you have to lower your expectations now it comes down to pratt firemuth or david and so the thing about David Njoku that I like is that he was second in red zone targets. So touchdown wise, that was kind of sexy. Right. And But Pat Fryermuth, he, he was just very, he's good. Right. And then like, like Cooper already said, it's between Pickens, Deontay Johnson. I just think that he's still going to be a red zone guy. If I had to pick between these guys, I actually lean Pat Fryermuth. I think that Kenny Pickett's is going to take that next step. I think he's going to. I mean, I know what you guys are saying in terms of supporting Deontay Johnson, Pickens, and Pat Fryermuth, but I think that he's going to still be consistent. He's going to be that red zone target. He was six in the receptions last year with Piketty Pickett being Kenny Pickett. So I'm assuming that he should at least be within that range again. He's also six in the receiving yards. So I think that Pat Fryermuth isn't going to go away. I think he's still going to be part of that offense, at least one of the focal points. So I'm going to go Pat here.
2: See, I wonder with Pat, like also wondering if, you know, how much Najee Harris also, like I think we're discounting him into that equation also. Like I, 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 I I'm, I'm on the Ingram train here. Um, I, I know that Ridley is, is there and that's going to hurt him, but look, he finished tight end, like six last year in, it actually might have been higher than that if I can filter correctly here. Um, yeah, t- tight end six. He's being drafted as tight end eight. I feel like a little bit of the discount is already kind of baked into that. And if he was being drafted as tight end six, he'd be drafted what? We're looking at Dallas Goddard like two rounds earlier. So you're getting a two round plus discount to take tight end eight. I feel like it's already baked in. So like that, I feel like that's good for him on arguably the best offense out of these three and so Najoku, yes could the browns become the best offense yes but that relies on deshaun watson being good again and it was not good last year at the end of the year and there yeah a lot of rust get knocked off for him maybe he figures it out but man that's when you're when you have huge question marks at the quarterback position i i don't love it for the tight end i'd rather take the tight end at with the better offense when these guys are like lumped in um and have seemingly similar roles in the offense i you know i i get you know some of the all the points you guys made but i'm an ingram guy here when it comes to these guys and you know the all the adp is close enough to where you can kind of pick and choose between all of them you know, in, yeah.
0: in
1: most drafts for me, break, so. break the tie, AJ. What do you got? Uh,
0: I'm, I'm actually with Joe on this one. I'm going Ingram because right. you don't know <laughs> what you're getting out of Calvin Ridley. Sure, he's been a productive receiver. Uh, three years ago uh, was his best year, and then he was injured in 2021. So we can't necessarily hold that against him. But you go from an injury year to a suspension year. We have no idea what he's going to come back and look like. What happens if he looks like Deshaun Watson at the end of last season? Uh, you
3: looking then pretty good he's... at training camp. I know it's training camp, but <laughs> well, God.
0: yeah. I mean, it, it's. I'm not. I'm not trying to discount him, but I'm not putting him immediately back up at 2020. Um, you know, somewhere around 18, 19, when he was kind of behind Julio or like a one A to Julio, really. Um, I mean, those were still fantastic seasons from fantasy standpoint where you were getting them. Um, but again, I'd like the the discount that you're getting. And again, my Eagles fandom knows Doug Peterson, knows how he likes to utilize the tight end. Mm-hmm. We saw that last year with Ingram going through the re-breakout again um, that we thought we were going to get every year with. That him at the Giants and we just didn't um, you know it was like rookie year hit missed for a couple of years hit again and then nothing and then he comes to, to Jacksonville so I think this offense in Jacksonville is going to be a little more pass heavy they they don't want to burn out ETN um, you know with the ground game they brought in Bigsby to help out there as well um, I think both of those guys are going to be capable in the past game as well, and it's another year of, you know, it, it's Trevor Lawrence coming into his sophomore year, as far as I'm concerned, because his rookie year was a freaking train wreck with Urban Meyer. So yeah. now that he yeah, has him, Ken, a, that. a, you know, okay. solid former QB head coach who knows how to teach him, and and that was uh, was seen last year. He's gonna have another year under his belt, another year working with Ingram. I, I'm just leaning Ingram, uh, and yeah. and again, I just I think it is the best offense as well. So
2: and he didn't come on until kind of late, like he didn't catch on to that offense until a little later in the season. We kind of, I yeah. kind of wonder like another offseason in, like if he's gonna be like that much better to start the year too. So and then you know to Andrew's point, like maybe you take Ingram and then maybe take it like a super late flyer on another one. And so like if Ingram and you know. Really starts going this way, and Ingram starts going this way. Then maybe you got your other tight end coming behind Ingram and going and catching up, you know. So yeah. to kind of hedge your bets. So, um,
0: all right. So, speaking of uh, getting back to Mr. Dalton Schultz here, he's coming in at tight end 11, uh, ADP of uh, just over 113, and Chig and Conquo at a 116 even at tight end 12. I know we're we're like. Basically, going in order every tight end one, two, three.
2: Promise it's,
1: we're it, not doing that the rest of the show. It's it's that's, hard, it's over. It is, but that's how this, they group. Though. This I is the like, physics, yeah. These guys 113, Schultz 113. That's still like almost 20 picks after Njoku's, so yeah. You know, what these they, guys they, they, there's yeah. like massive gaps in tight yeah, ends. It is. So this is how you got to group them
0: for sure, yeah. yeah. So, um, obviously, both uh, you know, AFC South options here. To me, they're kind of headed in different directions because Schultz is coming from Dallas, where he was a high-volume red zone guy, uh, and now he's going to be a potential safety net for the rookie QB in Houston. Uh, Meanwhile, Chig is basically on this crazy upward trajectory because of last year's late-season success in Tennessee. Um, But now he's also fighting for targets with DeAndre Hopkins. But that could ultimately be helping him because those defenses are going to be focusing on Nuke. And that's, you know, an obvious uh, benefit for him. So which of these two guys are you targeting for 2023
3: and why, Troy? I For me, I have the floor. <laughs> yeah, no problem. It's she pretty easily. Nuked. Yeah, I'm going to say <laughs> I love it. it's pretty easily Thanks for having me. Dalton Schultz for me. I, I like Chick, but I think it's Dalton Schultz pretty easily. <laughs> I'm <sorry. laughs> it's, it's, it's Dalton Schultz. Man. taking it's, that nice twist fault. in it's the not, memory. It's not your no, fault, no, Troy. No, no, no.
1: It's DeAndre yeah. Hopkins' fault. It is. It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely DeAndre
3: Hopkins' fault. I mean, before the DeAndre Hopkins signing, it was a little bit closer. But to me, it's for a couple of different reasons. One, like AJ said, he's going to be the safety blanket for rookie QB. They paid him a lot of money to get there because there was a time period where like you know the tight end market was kind of fizzling when he became a free agent like oh I don't know if anyone's gonna sign a tight end to a decent amount of money and then Houston came out of nowhere and was like you know what we're gonna bring you in clearly to help support our rookie QB I think that also just looking at the wide receiver competition Nico Collins is the wide receiver one you know what I mean so I'm like that's just to me that's part of the opportunity where I just feel like You're going to see Dalton Schultz getting a lot of targets and Chig, like he had a late stretch, but then it's like now you're also looking at an offense that's clearly run through Derrick Henry. So then it's like one those already run through Derrick now. now it's going to be D Hop. So D Hop and Traylon Burks and Traylon Burks. And so then it's like you just have to hope that stop, stop she piling gets, on my board. <laughs> you, you just have to hope that she gets random touchdowns. Like that's the only way that I see him being. He's like a streaming tight end now, or he's in that kind of category. DFS. Like, yeah. DFS play like it's to me, it's easily Schultz. I, I hate to say it because I like Chick. I have him in a lot of places, but I don't see how you can confidently pick him over Dalton Schultz.
1: You're right. Yeah. And it it was Chick for me. He was my top uh, my top breakout play. But we have to adjust new information. Yep. Right? Like uh, yep. y- you can't put him as top two target on the team anymore. And my dynasty philosophy is sort, start, opportunity, roster, talent. I still like the talent of Chick, but now he goes on the back burner. We're just holding him, and we're waiting for his window of opportunity. Some of these guys, I mean, uh, uh, Delaney Walker took seven years to finally be a top guy, right? He had to come to the Titans from the 49ers to finally have the opportunity, so we just wait. But Troy's right, and honestly, the Texans did the AFCs a favor when they signed Dalton Schultz because – I look at the, what the 49ers do, right? And Mike McDaniel brought that offense over to Miami. And now D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Slowick are bringing it over to Houston, right? And it's what they do is they use a fullback on like a huge chunk of snaps. How, how many snaps did Alex Engle play last year for you guys, Troy? Like, crazy, like, oh,
3: almost like so, many snaps. Yeah, so it was, many snaps.
1: And Kyle Juszczyk does the same thing. The first thing that the Texans did, they signed Andrew Beck they're going to do the same thing. And what that does is it consolidates the targets among two wide receivers in the tight end. Because when you use that fullback, you're taking somebody out of the game. It's not going to be Schultz. It's not going to be the running back and it's going to be the third wide receiver. So I think Schultz is actually, it's basically going to be him and two wide receivers. And two of those guys are going to have opportunity, probably just one because it's a rookie QB, but why not Schultz? Right? So yeah. I'm with you. He's got that opportunity. He, after Waller and that crew, is there another tight end that I can even using your wildest imagination? Is there another tight end that could lead their team in targets after Schultz? Because I don't really think there's anybody that I could definitively say that they even have a chance. Maybe I, I don't even know, honestly. Maybe Kasecki, but not even. It's probably Juju. Uh, it's <laughs> I know, I know. I am <laughs> just saying, like, even just using your imagination, it's it's very difficult. Like, I can't, I can't even say maybe Hayden Hurst. I guess I don't know.
2: Yeah. We do have a question yeah. though. Uh I wanted to bring this up here. Uh so Randy Miller asked this question. Hey guys, it's off topic, but I had a draft question. Twelve team PPR often staring at Dijon Kelsey at the one oh eight. Which guys would you which would you guys rather take? Um I guess H what HM Dig C D? I don't know what that means.
1: Maybe there
3: maybe those are other options. Sure, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I guess. One hundred and eight. I think in a PPR league, I, I think I lean Kelsey, man. I feel like I, I understand. I'm kind of with you, Joe, in terms of like my usual strategy is to go. I like running back. Usually, I like my running back. My first. I'm old school, back.
2: man. I, I've been around for a while. Been like around longer time than you guys. Back. I'm I'm I running back heavy.
3: But one oh eight, but his honorable
2: and like, honorable mentions is what that yeah. is. Diggs and CD, yeah, it's not those
3: guys. No, I'm definitely, da- I'm, da- I'm not taking Diggs. Kind of like Diggs at one oh eight. One oh eight? Nah,
2: I dude, I I'm taking, could... I'm taking Tyreek over, over him if he's there. Oh, Tyreek's he gone, bro. Tyre's is he gone at that point? Yeah, at One oh eight? Yeah, probably. Vegas,
1: Vegas has Tyreek set for like thirteen hundred yards. Dude. No, he's Tyreke gonna, he's on... gonna go crazy. Oh,
3: He's, He's getting go 2000 thousand. That's crazy. what he told mm-hmm. everybody. So I think I'm going, I think I'm going Kelsey. Because you know what? In the second round, I can still get a solid running back. But the problem is in the first round, if I could get Kelsey, I want away. I think it's just positional advantage. I know it's kind of queasy in terms of the roster construction, yeah. but if I could go tight end, running back, running back, and then worry about wide receiver later, I think I'm gonna go Kelsey.
2: Funny, we're doing a bunch of uh draft strategy articles. Like by pick, Um like if you have one, two, three, or four, like you know, all the way through twelve. And I'm doing the six now. I was supposed to do the eight, but I'm going on vacation. But I'm doing the six, and so in that like four through eight range, Kelsey's always there. So like we're not all gonna be like, oh, let's all draft Kelsey and to see how it rolls out. So we're all just like mentioning Kelsey in our articles. And so I did it one of six. I actually took Beach on at one of six just to see like how it would play out. And it actually ended up being a pretty solid draft, Um, but I think it actually would have worked out better had I taken Kelsey and just, like, waited. There, Like you said, there's a ton of running backs going there. I don't like taking Kelsey there. I, I'm old school. Bijan wouldn't have been my pick, though. I actually would have taken Saquon over Bijan especially now that he's back. And, uh, you know, so... Maybe Bijan's not the guy. I, you know, I don't know who else is there at 108. I feel like you're missing on some guys I, here. I'll, I'll like Diggs and CD I, shouldn't be the only other dudes there.
1: Um, the answer to this question is 108 is the worst pick. It sounds so- like it. It's <laughs> so hard. Sucks, dude. Yeah. So I'm yeah, glad I'll I'm not pick. writing that draft strategy article now. I, had I think to I would probably somebody. take Bijan, man. I don't know. I, my policy on tight end, and I've adjusted it for Kelsey. Like Obviously, if Kelsey falls in the right spot, I take him. But I just have a hard it. time taking... A tight end is, and I obviously understand positional scarcity, so nobody needs to explain that to me, but a tight end has never been the number one flex player, right? It's been tons of running backs. It's been Antonio Brown. It's been Cooper Cup, but a tight end has never scored the most flex points. And I have a hard time uh, taking a tight end. Like I have a hard time sitting there and taking Mark Andrews even when there are guys on the board that I think could be the highest scoring player in fantasy football. Yeah,
2: I no, I, I I get it, and that's why I don't yeah. usually. Do I don't it, think that's so.
3: going to be Bijan though. I truly, I think he's going to be just fine. But I like know. Joe said, I would, I'd rather take Saquon if Saquon's there. I'd rather yeah. take Saquon that.
2: Yeah, so it, it's I hard think, to say like, like who Charles else would be there, like there, he, he, he. He said, I love Bijan. Don't get me wrong, but I could get Gibbs. You know, Aaron, exactly uh, second. Aaron Jones and Najee in the third. And I get it. I totally get it. Um, I'm taking Jones and Najee over Gibbs any day, by the way. I, I just don't believe in Gibbs being a, a lockdown running back the entire season. I love him as a talent, but he's a rookie going into an offense that's pretty established. They don't have to lean on him right away. We've seen that a lot. With I would say
3: one point versus half PPR does make a huge oh, difference for me it when it comes to Gibbs. I will say that.
2: It does, but I'm still not I'm still not leaning on Gibbs in round three, in my opinion. No way. There's other players that I feel like are just going to be better. Gibbs is one of those guys who like if you were able to trade for him halfway through the season or something, or somehow like you stacked the back end of your draft and just got to the playoffs. <laughs> um with gibbs you're gonna be like yeah i won the league because i had gibbs but you didn't get there because of Gibbs. i guarantee it he just you just happened to get lucky and he was on your team that's what it feels like i mean come on we did this with jonathan taylor a few years ago like he was horrible for the first half of his rookie year and then he was like the best running back the last half it was like okay
0: so then he became everybody's first overall pick uh, and then he's started- <laughs> the next year <laughs>
2: And then we won't talk about and it. All right. it and, uh, Let's move on here. Um, so next grouping here, we've got Tyler Higby at 139 overall tight end 16 and Gerald Everett, 148 overall tight end 18. So a little bit of a gap. So I told you, we weren't going to continue the, the countdown. Um, look, both of these guys are on very pass heavy offenses. Um both of them are, are I think arguably the, the tight end one for their team. Both have had really good seasons and really bad seasons. Um you know, and very touchdown dependent seasons also. Who do you guys like at their given draft cost? Um, I forget who went first last time. I think Troy you did, so Andrew, you go first this time.
1: Is Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett? Yes. As crazy as it sounds, because to anyone that's followed me or, or followed any of my stuff it is Tyler Higby. If I was going to pick one simply because of the opportunity, like in a vacuum, Gerald Everett's obviously more athletic. I think he's a better pass catcher. Again, if you were to swap the players, we would like Everett. We would, I would actually love Everett. If he was back on the Rams. And if you could go on a time machine and send Higby to the Seahawks and then down to the chargers, and then it would have been better, right? These guys mm-hmm. were teammates at one point, but uh, even though Higby is, is, Kind of clunky, not particularly fast, doesn't really break, break a lot of tackles. Targets are king, man, in every format, even standard. So you got to give me Tyler Higby. The problem I have with Gerald Everett is just simply sit down and start listing uh, the target pecking order for that team, right? Because obviously Keenan Allen was amazing. At, when he came back healthy, he was – had the eighth mo- – he was the second, you know, second <laughs> player in PPR behind only Justin Jefferson, right? Uh, and then Austin Eckler is – 100 targets, right, every year. Mm-hmm. And how much lower can he get than that? 80, right? And then there's Mike Williams. Then they drafted Quentin Johnson. Johnson. I mean, like, where am I even...
2: Mike so James you got right? Josh Palmer. If, if have Mike Williams safe, right? We have yet Mike to see, Williams. I guess.
1: So yeah, it's like, it's crazy where it's like Gerald Devere. And the thing about Gerald Dever that people don't realize is that he only played essentially one game with more than 70% of snaps. He was like virtually a part-time player, even while all those guys were banged up. He was very strange. I think he had some yeah. conditioning issues. If you watched him in that kansas city game with the pick six he was just gassed like he just lied down and they they took the ball the other way so i don't know what's going on with everett honestly but i I can't
0: he didn't even start every game he he played in 16 he only started 11
1: that's what i mean And it's like the thing is he's not even one injury away like we can't even sit here and say like goddard like at least with goddard we can say one guy goes down this guy is going to be tight end two or three probably but with gerald everett guys went down and he, he was okay right but like how many guys need to get hurt now for him to be awesome? Like if Mike Williams gets hurt again, they have Quinn, Quinn Johnston, Eckler, and Keenan Allen. So I just I can't take every in I any mean, situation.
2: Boston Strangler has a has a opinion here about Rams will run the ball more this year. Higby isn't a good blocker. Akers was excellent when full healthy and the end of the season last year. Rams running game will hurt Higby. I mean, I get it, but
1: Higby a fine blocker. I mean, and I feel be, like
3: Use we thought of him as a blocking right. tight end, and then he suddenly yeah. got targets. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- th- Troy, t- to your point, I was looking at the numbers. And I was like, why is
1: he getting more targets last year? There was a season a couple of years ago where he blocked on thirty seven percent of his pass plays. Pat pass plays. It's like you might not even be might as well not even be on the field if you're blocking yeah. pass plays at tight end. And then last year it was like seven percent. They just decided like. You know what? Let the man run free, dude. They like let him loose. And, I, don't <laughs> know. I get. I, I hate it because I, I I don't like change. You know what I mean? Like my job. How much easier would our jobs be if like things didn't change from year to year? They, but, but they you know? wouldn't need us. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> wouldn't need us. <laughs> wouldn't, so I guess everybody I like
0: stayed it. the same age as their prime year and didn't get older <laughs> and continued to produce yeah, at uh, prime exactly. level with no injury. What, what, here's what, what I doing want. Here?
1: I want the running backs and wide receivers and everything to change, and I want the tight ends to stay the same. I want yeah. my, <laughs> my my job in particular to be easy, and I want your jobs all to be hard. That's what I want.
3: <laughs> and Coop, I gotta agree with you, man. It's to me, it's easily Higby. Last year, it was really Cooper Cup in the Higby show. There were multiple games. I think it was three plus games where he had over ten targets in those games, and. We thought, look, I thought Allen Robinson was going to do something. Clearly, that didn't oh. go as planned. Van bring Jefferson, was memories, yeah. up. You know, when he came back, That's he wasn't really on the show. It was, What's wrong it, was with you? Night- it was, you know, it was a nightmare. And even this year, what did the Rams do? They had no draft capital, they had no money to bring <laughs> anybody in. It's the same offense. So, if Cam Akers, yeah, Cam Akers is going to be more involved, but to me, that still doesn't look at the receiver, look at the receivers, unless Puka all of a sudden becomes a superstar. I don't think he's going to just
1: kind of like, like that. I kind of like that, though. <laughs> yeah. Is the, the thing is, our,
2: that, the fantasy players like it. I <laughs> know. No, no, your like, you're right, <laughs> though. It's <laughs> probably not going to happen. It's probably not going to no, happen. It, it ain't going to happen. It's going to be uh, the Tyler Higby show.
1: Dude, Has it's there ever happen. been a more nothing offseason than what the Rams did? They didn't, nothing. They didn't really you lose. It's going to be nothing yeah, for how many years, it. right?
0: You guys are clearly forgetting about living in a van down by the River Jefferson. here. <laughs> so, <laughs> that I guy van is going to be living off St. Louis government cheese in the end zone all Good, man. just mark it yeah. down his dad's right. a coach let's he move his on dad's one this receiver coach. i don't really have any anything else to add here
2: you guys uh, said I'll it all i'm I, higby, I, so i'm higby i'm moving on
0: i'm everett man i love everett <laughs> i think he's just i i like higby and i of the two i i lean towards him being the more productive one but
2: everett i think this is the just point okay I think this is the point where Higby is the safer and the more upside play than Everett. (laughs) (laughs) Like where we were talking about Ingram and Moots and Njoku, where like there's a little bit of like mix and match between all three. Like you, you, you know, you can argue either side. Higby is clearly the safer route because, I mean, he's probably the number two receiver on the
1: team. Here's my point on what. Here's my point on Gerald Everett and 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 Irv Smith right, is is that the way we project the targets out, where they're third or fourth or even fifth on the team, if those guys are good in fantasy football, it won't matter who drafts Gerald Everett, because whoever drafts Justin Herbert already won the league, right? Yeah. Because for all those guys to be relevant, the last time I've seen that, four guys being relevant, was a 2013 uh, Broncos. And it was like, uh, you know, Welker and Emmanuel Sanders and Demaryius Thomas and Julius Thomas. But... He oh, yeah, fifty-five touchdown passes. So it's like Let's see here. almost if you can <laughs> make it happen. Yeah, If you can make it happen, then it doesn't matter who has a tight end know. because you
2: know it's all just going to work out no matter, matter what. So. Yeah.
1: Herbert could Herbert could do that though. I mean, yeah. yeah, I give you that. I'll give I I'm not talking like you
2: need the safe in the twelfth round. I'm saying like I think Higby is safer and has the more upside at this point because he is the number two in that offense. So yeah, but anyway. this
0: is this is the point where you're uh, exactly what Strangler's saying. Like, you need to get those dart throws and take risks on some of them. So, what's the you should already players? have a a safe team at that point. You should probably just
2: draft somebody before.
1: Don't draft <laughs> either of those. Players. Let's just be real. Draft yeah. We're
2: drafting people <laughs> before. any of these players we're we're in the
3: the next next option you're definitely drafting other players this 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 is uh
0: this is like [SSS1] this is clearly your
3: waiver wire we're [SS1] hoping at this this
0: point (laughs) premiums um is that a uh impending doom uh fuzzy navel Joe. it is
2: did you not
1: did you see that good eye nice cat holy hell
2: i did i just bought this pack tonight there's a pack of impending dooms in my fridge different kinds this is one of them oh
0: nice that's yeah i have i got a sixer of those and uh pretty good yeah. they are tasty. i'm on uh
1: i'm not not i haven't, I haven't <laughs> mr Skippers. i've had a beer and ten days. <laughs> <laughs> 10, no. 10 days no beer i'm i'm my wife is pregnant so i'm on might have oh yeah lost, you are on a.
2: you're on call yeah, yeah, yeah i your get your it your beer's
1: like... coming hopefully in the in the near future i get it right? I no mean, well yeah yes and no man yes and no Believe it or not, he, <laughs>
0: I hit that 10 day mark. I was doing a dry July um 10 days in. Know. I was like, you know what? Dry I,
1: July. What? yeah. I don't months, know. That's That's it was a <laughs> terrible, terrible <laughs> idea.
0: Dry That's January. Why it, it's over <laughs> and right. it left right. yeah. until the <laughs> day a, after the Fish live.
3: A gloomy month, man. January. January. No,
0: my birthday's <laughs> in January. I can't do that.
3: Oh, February. February. <laughs> February. Yeah, there's a lot. Of worried. Worried. You, you yeah. might have picked the, You might have picked the number. You might have picked 12 <laughs> out of 12, man. There's always a reason.
2: Um. Anyway, anyway Andrew, let's move so, on, man. All
0: right. So, last question here. We've uh we've talked about um one of these guys briefly. Uh, the other one is Juwan Johnson at tight end, 19, coming in at a hefty 158 ADP. And Mike Geseki at uh, nearly one eighty ADP, tight end twenty four. So one we, of my we've favorite Got players a little ever... bit more of a gap here. We've we're not going uh, on one, two, three, four, five. Um, I mean, really, all I have on these guys is that both of them are heading into twenty three with new quarterback throwing to them. Um, you know, both teams seemingly have more run centric offenses though. So, which tight end option should we? want to roster question mark reading the teleprompter
3: this was definitely oh this Troy, is definitely yes, the hardest on. yeah so this was definitely the hardest one out of all the different options you gave me <laughs> i think i'm going to go mike Isecki because yes. the reason why is because the patriots know good and well they did not bring mike Isecki in to block because he's a horrible blocker. The only reason you brought him in is to catch the ball. So I think that you look. Know, we have Hunter Henry, who's basically right good job. at both. So you know he's going to block. <laughs> Mike Issey's just going to be a. T- he should be a touchdown score. He's going to you know match up on linebackers, safeties, whatever. He that's what that's his job. His job is to catch the football. Juwan Johnson. He was just really inconsistent. He had his moments. He scored a lot of touchdowns, and I think that was part of his success where you would have to hope that Jawan Johnson is like you know, Derek Carr's Darren Waller. For him to be relevant is just the Saints offense in general, I'm not excited about. I'm not excited about the Patriots either, but the Patriots shouldn't be as bad as they were last year. So to me, I'm going to go Mike Isecki.
1: We us Patriots fans coming from Dolphins fans, we, we'll take the backhanded compliments. Even not a good blocker. Well, I don't even care about that. Uh, I've seen. Uh, I care. Kill- <laughs>
3: oh,
1: <yeah>. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, well, the thing is, Mike McDaniel does care. That's why he got phased out. He, well, he needed two tight end, two two way tight end for that system, which is fine. You know, uh, enjoy Durham Smythe. He's so good, dude. Um, Mike Geseki, this guy Alex Barth, the beat writer for the Pats, who pulled all the transcripts of. Belichick talking about Gaseki. and basically eight or nine times someone said what do you think about the tight end for the Dolphins and he said well actually he's a big wide receiver that's how he started it every time and I think that's how he's going to use him he's going to try and recreate the 2011 offense that Bill O'Brien coached which of course every version they have here is worse right it's like Tom Brady is Mac Jones uh Rob Gronkowski is Hunter Henry as the inline tight end Aaron Hernandez is Mike kaseki And then Wes Welker, who got 173 targets that year, is Juju. Like, every version is worse, but you know what they're trying to do. So, honestly, kaseki could be a top-two target on the team after Juju. The thing with Juwan is I like Juwan as a converted wide receiver. The problem is, as Boston Strangler pointed out in the chat, uh, he says, Eno will be Olave and Thomas show. that I, I do like Michael Thomas, right? My advice to people out there, I see you shaking your head, Troy. If you don't like Michael Thomas, if you think he's washed, if you think he's going to get hurt, my question to you is, what are you doing about it, right? Like, so if you think Michael running Thomas away.
3: is going to get hurt or he sucks, what do you say? I said running <laughs> so, away, avoiding running the play. Running <laughs> okay. Away. okay,
1: so that's fine. So, but but the thing is, their car is good enough to support Olave and possibly another guy. So, do you like Rashid G? That's fine. Do you like Juwan Johnson? So that's my point. I do like Michael Thomas, but if you don't, maybe you do like Juwan Johnson. For me personally, I think Mike Kosecki could outright be a top two target on the team, uh, after Juju and uh, him playing the slot. I don't know. I look around. There's not too many options of you know, like uh, Sauce Gardner only played in the slot nine times last year, so he might not go in there. We might be all right with Kosecki. So sneaky upside play. I think of the guys that could come from outside the top twenty or so tight ends. Where did you say he was going? Is he tight end?
2: Uh, I mean, nineteen, 20.
1: 20. so close, yeah. so close, but yeah, no, Johnson's nineteen, well, like, twenty. Kusecki's 24. twenty-four. So yeah, 20. if for someone like Engram to come out from outside the top twenty tight ends and finish top five, like I think kaseki of of anyone going outside the top twenty, he's got as good a shot as anybody. Yeah, right? like, uh, not saying it's gonna I, happen. I've
2: been I've been like, taking like stats. Like I actually took Gisecki, uh late in Scott Fish because I was like, you know, especially tight and pretty. I'm like, hell yeah. Like again, I'm 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 with Troy. Like. They did not bring this guy into block. He they clearly didn't. You know they lost Myers. They brought in Juju. That's hard to rely on a little bit. Although you know I, I like Juju better than most. Um, I think he can be reliable. But again, you are still you are still dealing with Mac Jones. Kusecki is awesome. Um, I, I think he's way better than how he was being being used in Miami this last season, and I think his stock has plummeted because of that. And I think we're going to see him bounce back to. Him being utilized in an offense that knows how to use tight ends properly and at you know red zone target especially so um couple some rapid fire guys if you are ready for this and uh, I, I realized I completely forgot to change the banner here. That's why I have Mike LePlant behind the show. Thank you for being on a bachelor party loser. Just good. Uh <laughs> rapid fire Dalton Kincaid at one nineteen point two tight end thirteen versus Dal- Dawson Knox at one sixty four tight end twenty two teammates rookie versus vet what are we doing uh,
1: I love Kincaid I just argued with every single person on the internet on my timeline <laughs> about him if you want to see my takes on Kincaid I don't I don't even care they they All paid right. up you know. I, so to go real quick, they paid up for him. This is a team that's in a win now window. If they paid up and took a pass catcher in the first round, that pass catcher isn't heavily involved. As a Bills fan, I would have the pitchforks out.
2: I, I, I yeah, it's for me, it's just the rookie tight end
3: syndrome for me. But I, I, I
2: hear the arguments. I, it is. just, it's hard. It's, it's hard to trust it, Troy.
3: I mean, I agree. I was surprised because you know they give they just gave Dawson Knox a fairly nice extension too. But yeah. for them, they looked at the draft like, hey, this guy is just a weapon. He's a mismatch. So I, I'm a little nervous about his rookie year. But you don't make that move in the first round when you have a tight end without making sure he's in this offense. So and with, we'll see if Gabe Davis is the number two. I'm assuming he's gonna be the number two, but. Kincaid in the mix, but yeah, I like Kincaid. Uh-huh. Uh,
0: All right, AJ? next guy we got here is uh, another name we mentioned, and that's Mr. Cole Komet going at uh, 124 and a half tight end, 14 versus Greg Dulcich, 129.1 tight end, tight end 15. So right there, both have quarterbacks expected to take a step forward with Fields, you know, another year under his belt. Russ looking for a bounce back. Troy, which one of these guys do you want on your roster more?
3: Uh, This one was really tough when I saw it. I think I'm going to go Cole Komet. I think that, like, last year he was very involved in the offense. I know they brought DJ Moore, so he's obviously going to be the one. But at the two, I don't necessarily think that Darnell Mooney is, like, so good that he's absolutely going to be – you know, he's going to be the wide receiver too. But then I still believe that Cole Komet is going to be involved enough where – he can still get enough target share and he's going to be looked to the end zone. So I'm going to go Cole Command. All right, Coop.
1: I'm going to go, I'm going to disagree on this one and go Greg Dulcich, even though Judy and Sutton, uh, that's pretty stiff target competition. I just, for, I just, I don't, I don't see how fields goes from throwing 318 passes. I know he missed a couple games, so we'll, you know, you can take the per game average and make it 350 or 60 if you want. Up to the level where he's going to support multiple guys you know I, I just think it's i i trust uh sean payton to try and use greg Dulcich kind of the jimmy graham spin on it so but it's close enough troy made a good point on commit but I, i'm gonna go with greg yeah
2: i'm yeah. i'm Dulcet. uh i think the offense is gonna improve tight end uh it's gonna regress for for commit unfortunately i think so Next up here, is Sam LaPorta, 147 overall, tight end 17, and Michael Mayer, another rookie, 159.6, tight end 20. Um, I know we're probably not relying on either one of these guys for real in 2023, but you know, I know some people are. So which one would you think has a larger impact in 2023,
1: Andrew? I got to go with uh, Sam LaPorta. Yeah, I love Sam Porta, man. He he broke 23 tackles in his senior year. This guy is elusive. I've been calling him Sam Teleporta. And Michael Mayer, I think you still want to stash him long-term in Dino, but his window to uh, be a difference maker probably comes when, uh, you know, McDaniel, Josh McDaniel's gone and Devontae Adams over the hill, and they don't have, like – 200 Renfro's over there. So I like Laporta, man. I think he, the thing with Laporta is he needs to start hot because Jameson Williams is coming back. So he needs to grab a hold of that, that, those targets and
3: never let go. I agree. I mean, just for multiple reasons, but honestly, you hear him in since the beginning of the offseason. You've been hearing nothing coming out of there but Sam Laporta, Sam Laporta. He's clearly got that tight end one job. I mean, I, I don't have much else to say. I'm going Laporta as well.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm on Laporta. I'm. Um, yep. I'm a, a Mayor fan for for Dynasty a little bit more. Um, but I still, I still trust Laporta. You know, Mayor's like combine wasn't great. Like he seems more like a just a overall like good tight end. Like he might end up becoming more of a blocker. Like he doesn't stand out as far as far as like athletic. Being able to catch down the field type of guy to where Laporta does. So that that's what gets me there. So AJ, last quick fire All here. All right.
0: Last one we have here is uh another name we briefly threw out, and that's Mr. Hayden Hurst, uh two oh three point four tight end twenty eight and Noah Fant, two oh nine point five, tight end thirty. So real close again, but which one of these vets has the better late round dart throw potential, Troy?
3: I'm gonna go Hayden Hurst. I'm I I think them bringing. I I love the signing by Carolina again. One of those signings to help support the rookie, you know, QB. I think that he did a good job for the Bengals. I feel like he had his opportunities and he was reliable. And then I feel like he he's going to be the starter. I think he's going to be very involved in the offense. So I like him a lot. I think again he could block, he can catch. But yeah, I I I'm gonna go. Hurst, I'm not, I feel like Noah Fant in the Seahawks offense is way too much target competition for him. So I'm going to go hating Hurst. Yeah, it was already bad before they
1: drafted JSN, right? Now it's like wild, dude. And they, they, yeah. they insist on mixing in Will Disley for some reason, right? So like Noah Fant to me, like we love the athleticism, the profile. He's the guy where like – I just in the back of my mind, I could picture him being the Delaney Walker that finally gets a chance somewhere. But he's just been stuck, man. He's been stuck. Hayden Hurst could be the top target on his team. It, it's all about who the rookie likes, right? We don't know. Uh, you know, it's like is Adam Thielen that dominant of a presence that he commands all those targets? It's a rookie, <laughs> DJ Chark, can't, you know. So like, Hayden Hurst could be the boss. Twenty
2: fourteen. No, no, but honestly <laughs> no. though, like this, these are the types of guys that like. If you draft one of these riskier tight ends up top that you're yes. hoping you like Hayden Hurst could be a guy like soup like last pick or like honestly, like week before the season starts, like you know what, I'm gonna drop this scrub who gets cut from his team or gets hurt. I'm gonna snap up Hayden Hurst. Why not? Because
1: he's not getting drafted. We all know that. Strangler, the year so every year for six years now, a tight end's come from outside the top 17 in ADP to finish top five. It was Angram. Eric Ebron, Waller, Andrews, Logan Thomas, Dalton Schultz, Ingram again. Uh, The year that Troy invented Dalton Schultz, he was his ADP was like tight end thirty (laughs) seven. You know what I mean? I guarantee
2: Kittle was in there too. I picked up Kittle (laughs) off the waiver wire in dynasty league.
1: How crazy is that? Kittle was a fifth round pick, and they basically only took him because they took his college roommate earlier in the draft. Kittle was roommates I, in college with CJ Beathard.
2: I literally had no idea who the guy was. And also, I, like, yeah. I was like, this dude's balling. I I'm took like, CJ Beathard
1: just, in the third round. They were like, let's just take
2: I, I was like, this guy. I'm to... just going to take Kittle like off the waiver wire. in like week three of whatever year that was, years ago now, and I I just swapped him out for, my team sucks now. My team's like old. So I'm trading all the older guys. Swapped him out for like a 105 in this year's pick and draft. And I'm like, well, that worked.
1: <laughs> They're out there, baby. They're out yeah, there. Yeah, so
2: it happens. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you guys got a few more minutes. We're gonna go through some news and headlines. Um, it, got a, a lot of things that have been going on here. Um, first up, Joe Burrow left practice today. carted off the field. Grabbed at his leg we're hearing it's a calf coaches are saying it's not anything to be worried about. He'll be back, you know, but man, when you get caught off the field, that that's, that's no bueno. Um, what do you, what are you guys doing with him? Like if you're, you know, if we don't get a lot of updates in the next couple of weeks from him and you got some drafts, you know, I know, you know, Andrew and, and Troy and it was you know, we, we've got we got drafts probably coming up on the expo in a couple of weeks. We got, you know, there's Raz slam, Raz Bowl coming up here and yeah, you know, next coming week. Monday. That's why AJ's wearing the shirt. Yeah. Um right. you know, Burrow may not be definitive at this point. So how do you handle this injury coming, you know, early August, late July draft? Uh Andrew.
1: It was already close enough for me where it's like, I mean, I in this moment right now, I couldn't possibly, you'd be outside of your mind to take Joe Burrow over Justin Herbert right now because of how close it already was, right? Right. Like if one of them might be hurt, then it just kind of, it almost saves us from having to make that difficult decision. And I honestly personally put Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields probably there too. So I guess now I will throw it to Troy to make the difficult decision of where you stop that slide. Right, so it's like, uh, you know, if you look at the way it goes right now, I personally would take those guys. Uh, would you, Troy? Would you take? Uh, let's see. Would you go? It, it would be
2: like a Lawrence and a Watson. And yeah. a would Jones you go two Trevor two Lawrence attacks.
1: or Joe Burrow if you had to draft today? Today with that injury, you're on the clock right now, dude. Yeah, I I took the easy uh, part. Teams yeah, on though. the <laughs> clock right now. We guarantee Came it, it to you for the hard. It's part. happening.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. I think without certainty, I think I'm going Trevor Lawrence. I think for me, I'm stopping like right after Watson. So, like, before like Tua, Dak, those guys. Yeah. I think I'm stopping. I'm, I'm gonna take Burrow.
2: Scamperers, Tua or I mean, Burrow right knows now.
3: He I think I love Tua too, though. <laughs> I love I think Tua. Tua's awesome.
2: I, I I like him too. Jeff Whatever. Lambert was on the show a few weeks ago and just called Tua an MVP candidate if he can stay healthy.
3: He's absolutely, he was it last year. I, I agree. Year. I I totally crazy. agree. I totally agree. Second year in the offense, he's gonna go off. I think right he's before. He's gotta stay healthy, Tua. man. Right before two, I think is that slide, like before Dak, before Tua. I think it's like him and Watson to me would be the the tough part again. It's just because of uncertainty, but I'm like, I need I, I need my QB. I need I I can't be stressing about if he's gonna play or not. I need Clarity. So I think Watson is <laughs> I that line. push. Yeah, I, push, push
1: <laughs> dude. Take all your drafts and push them back to the end of August. Right? I,
2: now. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's hard to do though, man. We can't all we can't we can't all draft. <laughs> I, um... It's a the moment like. Fifteen leagues, I can't. I can drive fifteen leagues in 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 four days. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, they all get spread out, and, it, and it's, it's tough. The ones that are early, enough. we we you right? with yourself? We you know we struggle with these. I don't honestly know what to do. You know, I I had a burrow at five. I had him behind Lamar already. I just recently put him behind Fields and Herbert. It's it's that Lawrence Burrow that I'm like, Ugh. man. If I if I could, you know
3: i'd feel I'd think today to I, I think i would him. probably
2: wait i I probably would take lawrence and then i'd be like i don't know maybe i'll take the chance on burrow but man i'd be the first one to take like a like a gino <laughs> so Like man i'd be taking my first court my my first backup real quick and that's probably yeah. why i just wouldn't take burrow
1: honestly
2: just go like, burrow
1: anthony richardson oh no you can't do that because if they both don't start to start the season you get another qb um <laughs> we, we, have to start play, right? we don't even Fine. know how Bro know or Gardner Vin, Minshew thinking <laughs> every rep so far QB1 right. hey Troy QB1 no all sure. right so you next bet. up here we've sure. got
2: we've got uh Saquon Barkley signed his one year contract he's gonna play this year so he is no longer holding out only Josh Jacobs is holding out um so quick, quick question to you: Like, is he just immediately back into that top three, four running back? Like, where I, I, I think everybody would agree it's it's CMC Eckler. No matter what order you want, is act is Barkley your three or is somebody else there? Yes, That's right. yes, absolutely. Okay, okay, <laughs> AJ.
0: Is he my three? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Me too. Okay. Uh, next up here, Javante. This was actually like. Much bigger news. Javante Williams not starting even camp on the pup. That's huge. Like, we didn't know what was going on. Obviously, they they brought in Samadji Pirine. Um, Williams, to me, is a superior talent to a whole bunch of running backs. Health has been a major issue. How high are you willing to draft him now that it seems like he's going to start the year and be healthy? And I'm doing air quotes.
1: <laughs> we hope, right? So now, Belichick proved to us a while ago that these these quote unquote rules are not like in, you know, he was the one that kind of forced the hand by putting everybody on the questionable list, but like nobody treats this stuff the same way. And I worry that Sean Payton is such an old school coach. I mean, he cut Brandon McManus for not showing up to voluntary practices, you know. Like I worry that he's just the kind that's of guy. <laughs> I know, but I just worry that Sean Payton's the kind of guy that's like, you know, he sees him like walking around and he's just like, you're good, right? And then, you know, uh, it's, like, it's like, are you hurt? If you're not hurt, then you're practicing, right? Are you are you injured right now? You know, like that kind of coach. Whereas another coach would might just be like, you know, I don't know. I worry that Payton is kind of the narrative here isn't that he's ready to go. J.K. Dobbins himself like was in the same boat and he did not look good. So I, I, I'm i probably still steering away from Jonathan Williams, especially if he's going to get steamed up here. I don't know. What do you think, Troy? Are you going to do? Are
3: you um, going trigger? I'm, I'm nervous about it. I feel like, let's say I'm in a draft. If I'm going very RB heavy and let's say, could Javante, what rounds is he going? He's going like mid rounds or whatever. I can, I have to look. but I would uh, say- So I've been doing a bunch of mocks with that
2: strategy series I'm doing. And uh, granted, I mean, it, I don't think, GDP has caught up or even like some of the the um rankings have caught up yet i think he's been
3: going in like seven eight range six six at best yeah if i have two if i like started off hot and i wanted like an rb3 then maybe i'll take my shot on like javante but like i wouldn't like wait and like rely on him as like my rb1 or anything oh no absolutely not it depends on your structure he's definitely been like whenever
2: i've been doing my mocks i've been getting him as like my flex running back and i'm like yeah oh yeah so but um i I I will say this somebody somebody reported earlier today um he was actually cleared for contact too that Gives me a little bit of like I need to see the contact.
1: But you know, what? Is, he, like, is this guy Wolverine, dude? I mean, how's yeah. this possible though? I don't
0: his ADP back on July sixth, he was at 75 and a half. So that was at running back twenty eight. I feels pretty He's good. He's it's gonna shoot
3: up. So yeah, wait, how wait, much I think
2: I've seen, moved bro. him up to running back twenty four, so I'm not like overhyped on him, but I have moved him up. Like I it I just takes that with...
1: one kid though, man. Takes that one kid in your draft. That, yeah. That,
2: oh, that, of course. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen? Right, We're going right. to get those couple of videos of <laughs> yes. Javante Williams where he's going to like bust off a big run and it's just going to go. <laughs> We're going to see it. So yeah, it is what it is. But a um, couple cool class things. Kadarius Tony uh, injured his knee. He's going to have actually surgery on it to like clean it up. That was week one in doubt. And this was a big, like, to me, Tony was a big, Breakout candidate, um, but I'm out at this point. I don't know about you guys.
1: Yards per route run was what why we liked him, but I mean, if he's going to be banged up, yeah, I don't know. And I'll there's tell no you this: so, the we, we never so many other people. There's no point. We ne- and I'll tell you this right here: he's never, going, he's going late. But I still think it matters anymore at this point. I'm just out. We never, we never root for injury or victory lap injury. But I will just say on a completely separate note. That I have $100 down to win 5000 if Rashi Rice wins rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. So just want nice. to get that out there. Just want to make sure that that's out there. Not All that right. we root for it. Troy, I will, you th- I will, did I, uh... I let 100 on fire, Troy? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> A bit. I don't know. I think <laughs> that I would
3: have it on some um, other people. So. So you well, I'm saying I got well. in
1: at ground floor. Now, now you look at the odds now, they're like 100 to win two grand. So, I mean, I still threw 100 bucks away, but I mean, just thinking. Never yeah. know anything's Just, <laughs> just think of the odds. Yeah.
0: You either threw a hundred bucks away or
1: you or threw it away. Threw a hundred bucks away.
2: Um, there's threw a lot of away. comments here. I'm trying to do multiple things at the same time, guys. I'm sorry. I've been trying to this is this is why this is the why ride. Mike laplante around. I apologize. <laughs> uh we got the last question here. Brock Purdy actually cleared the practice. What do we think this actually means for the 49ers quarterback situation?
3: Who wants to take this one? Because I don't have a damn point. <laughs> uh, I'll say that, look, if Brock Purdy's healthy, I think he's the starter. I mean, I think he earned the spot. I have no idea what they're doing with Trey Lance, though. I think they, you have to try to trade him at this point. I just don't see why you'd go to Trey Lance. I mean, he, I, I don't know. I just feel like Brock Purdy did enough where he, I feel like he earned the starting job. Unless I agree. Trey Lance has had a awesome camp but it doesn't seem like he's Which had some spectacular camp nobody's been saying that exactly so just give the <laughs> job to Brock Purdy and I don't know what you're doing with Trey Lance so yeah go. I'm actually
1: this is one I'm in I'm in I'm I'm down like that offense is so good like whoever's the quarterback I'm in so and like look at the guys that's going around now like Mac Jones I mean yeah, even as Patriots man come on now like <laughs> Brock Purdy needs to go ahead of all those guys. Kenny Pickett ahead of Kenny Pickett ahead of Jordan Love. Would you take uh AJ, would you take Jordan Love or Kenny Pickett ahead of Brock Purdy? G- given what we given what we kind of know now.
0: Of the two, I those I'd, are close. I'd, oh God. I'd actually kind of go pick it.
1: Because
0: let's, say, let's like, say they came I, out
1: and said Brock Purdy's a starting quarterback for the for the San Francisco 49ers. Just they straight out told us you'd still pick it. I think I would. It is close, but I mean, dude, it, pretty, it's man, very close. That me. offense I is so good.
2: It. pretty balled out. Like how
1: many? How, just, many offenses, how many offenses? How many offenses can you say you? Most offenses, you maybe have one player. Right, thirty-two teams, eleven players on offense. You maybe have one player who's the best at his position. If you're lucky. This team has the best offensive tackle. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Burton is the yeah.
2: trailer of the
1: Falcons. Oh my! Hey, why not though? Uh, man, they, I mean, this team has the best, be, best right offensive tackle right. in the league, best running back in the league, best fullback in the league, oh, arguably the best two-way tight end in the league.
2: The best. Don't talk because, about the best left tackle in the league, man. That hurts. Who is?
3: <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, because he came No, from, but you yeah. know what
2: I mean, because you know where they it's came from. The oh, yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, that hurts, man. But he is, though, Washington, right? as, I'm, as I'm rubbing my Washington hat. He kind of oh, is, though. He, he is, is, is. No, he absolutely yeah. is. It just hurts. It you, hurts you think it's somebody else, deep. Troy?
3: No, 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 no. I'm saying yeah. I agree with you. I'm just saying, hey, Joe, hurting because he w- was on the Canadians. I know, yeah. I love... And, uh, so that,
1: that's another reason I love what the Dolphins did, though, right. is that they, they're it trying to build that same offense. They get the fullback. Yeah. And then they go, they got Teron Armstead, right? Like, yeah, pretty good. Right. If you're trying to find a Trent Williams, they they got the best one available on the free agent market that year. So that's yeah, I don't love.
0: know. I maybe I need to backtrack on it because San Francisco is a hell of a defense too, so that helps the yeah. quarterback. wow well, it, does, it, it doesn't it does. for, for fantasy. It, it doesn't didn't...
2: help the quarterback when you have a great defense because it means no, they don't have to, like shoot out. You but... don't have to like shoot out games, but. It, that yeah. offense is just efficient. It's safe. Come on, Garoppolo was able to thrive. Like we know is not great. We know Purdy's not great, yeah. but he did awesome things. Like I mean, if Garoppolo, you're looking for, especially in super flex old. leagues, if you're looking for like a you know a great QB2, if you're looking for like a, a plug-in, like streamer quarterback, if you're streaming quarterbacks, Purdy needs to be on your radar hardcore. Like he needs to be it and he's going to be great a lot of weeks but he so will I, also have weeks where he I does absolutely in nothing in i mean that's just the way the 49ers personally. i i you know,
0: definitely offense run. believe in all the talent around him but before this news came out obviously like everyone else i was downgrading of course everyone else i moved him up to like
2: just you know in in just above the the picket range so um I get it I, though. It, it, it's a, to tough range, more, a tough range. It's tough range. They all have. They all have their wars. You're kind of just picking your guys at that point. Like, yeah, I mean, we could all come out here and, and give our opinions and and you know be like, this is our guy, like Troy, Andrew, AJ. I I don't think either any one of us could come out and be like we are 100 percent right. Like, dude, the margin of error on on these guys at this point, any like point when we're talking about these range where ADP and, and rankings is the margin of error and is is this you know when it comes to like picking it right it, it's hard it really is um we this do coming from we do all the research ranker. we can we're to help you other. guys out um and we're hope we're right but we're not always right there's just no Too way nervous. we can be
0: <laughs> yeah so we try though if, if um, joe was always right then he would have been the number one ranker not the number two <laughs> so
2: why why screwed me come on Waz. what's wrong with you my my draft partner last year in king's classic how hilarious is that <laughs> so all right guys uh thank you for coming on uh a great show I had a good time doing it um Definitely. Awesome. troy let everybody know where they can find you and uh what you got going on this year
3: of course. And y'all, you can find me at T Mode on Twitter. That's my home base. And basically all social media platforms, you can find me at T King Mode. You can find me at Football Guys as well as Destination Devi. Really just gonna be doing mainly video content. So make sure y'all check it out on both of those sites. Really appreciate the support. And thank you guys so much for having me on.
0: Yeah, man. Absolutely.
1: All right. All right.
0: Coop, what you got? Coop.
1: Yep. So easy enough. I like Troy. I learned from Troy. Post everything on your Twitter. That way people can find it. So if you follow me on Twitter at Koopi Fiasco, you're gonna find everything I'm doing. Uh, all my articles are at Fantasy Alarm, and I got shows. I'm just I just sit here writing articles, and then when the light goes on, I start talking about football. Uh, <laughs> as Troy knows, you know, eight in the morning, we're on. I'll be on one to three p.m. every day on Better Sports Network. So you know, it's not too hard to find me talking ball. And thank you guys so much for having me, Meg. It's always a good time hanging out with with people you know that you've actually met in person and, and that yeah, and, no. that you're cool with. Like that's. <laughs> That's couple couple weeks, a couple weeks, man. We'll
2: show. see you guys again in in Canada. If you guys fans, if you are not coming,
3: got it. we are gonna have to crash his. It's his gonna place. be
2: it's gonna be a good time. Please yeah. show up. We love meeting you. That that's what it's all about. That's what it's yeah, all about. I know we, we, try
3: to come, but we yeah. love it.
2: Um, all right, guys. So thank you for coming. We will uh, we will talk soon.
3: All right.
2: All right, AJ. Uh, that is it for the show um we are going to have a brief hiatus uh, because i'm going on vacation but the sunday i come back on august 6th we're going to be talking about the riskiest players to draft with bob harris and Britt flynn so that'll be awesome um so that's it that's all i got uh just make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that uh like button, become an all access member at fantasy six net And um wins loud shirt night. I'm not really sure. Do we do we do that? Should we figure that one out? Scampers? Yes. yes I don't sure. know. I guess I guess I can make that happen. I got I got loud stuff. You got you definitely have loud stuff. You have loud right stuff right do, For <laughs> sure. So I right guess I, yeah. Um
0: I'm just gonna not wear a shirt.
2: <laughs> oh no, no, no. That's that's the opposite allowed shirt. That's uh nope, nope, yes. uh scampers. I retract that comment. I'm sorry for putting that up there. Anyway, yeah. that's it for the show.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh look like what you did.
2: And we will uh big talk big thanks later.
0: to everybody tuning in and putting the comments out there. We got Toronto Dave, we got Scampers, we got Strangler, uh, we got Randy with the questions early on. Um I'm missing somebody here. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we are. Yeah, no, it's end. good time. Yeah, very good. Uh, Jack, Jack. Oh, that.
2: at the expo. I went loud shirt night at the expo. Oh, I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing.
0: Friday.
2: Well, Every I mean, night? I wore I my I wore my Pac Man suit on Friday night last year, but I'm not doing that again. Sorry, this is not happening. That was a one time thing. I'm sorry. Oh, and Jamie, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, anyway,
0: we got to bounce.
2: All right. Have a good night, everyone. Cheers, everybody. Peace.